Welcome to the Thought Leader Podcast. I'm Dr. Kent. And I'm Randy Baker. And on the Thought Leader Podcast, we search the world for interesting and fascinating and sometimes remarkably smart guests who are going to challenge the way you think, they're going to inform you of things that you may not have thought about, and they're going to ignite your imagination as we discuss all sorts of topics. All right, without further ado... Hi, Nicola. It's great to have you on our show today. So you're in London, which is pretty cool. Uh, most of our listeners, I think, are in the US. How's London treating you these days and, and how's the pandemic going? Yeah, so um, it's really good to be in London right now. The pandemic has started to kind of lift and restrictions are going, thankfully. So, yeah, I was out in the city actually last night and it really felt like, you know, London is bouncing back to life. Obviously, the football this week has uh, has really helped uh, raise spirits. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's amazing for for the country and just to get us back, I think, in uh, in a good place where we can start moving forward. Mm. So for some, for some people, the last year has been really uh, difficult. For others, it's been seen as a an opportunity. Where do you fit in that range of things? Yeah, I guess if you had asked me that question, probably, I don't know, about eight months, maybe eight months ago, I might have had a different answer. So um, I set up a new business literally as the sort of lockdown started here last April. I think if I'd had a business before, maybe I thought it would come together quite easily um but yeah five six months in it was still a real slog and I was starting to really question <laughs> my decision mm-hmm. but I think you know tenacity always pays off I think so kept going and now the business is doing well we're just over a year old and yeah we've got some great clients on board super busy and it's feels like we're definitely now what I would say like a proper business we know what we're doing and what our offering is so yeah I, th- I think there definitely is opportunity if you look for it mm. so congratulations on finding a way through and on, on stepping out and starting a business during that period um, I know of a lot of people who have taken that opportunity and started their own business rather than allowing circumstance to control their lives and now they're starting to reap the benefits of that and that's really exciting tell me about your business yeah so your people associates is an hr and kind of talent consultancy we like to work with companies i guess that are what we call startups and scale-ups that are growing that want to make sure that the people in their business are their most important asset. I think it's quite important to us that we have that alignment with our clients that, you know, they're very keen to make sure that the people are supported, that there's the right processes in place and, um, you know, we're doing the right things. So most of our clients, they either have no HR at all and we're starting from scratch, helping them to implement everything that they're going to need or they have a small team and they need support 
or potentially expertise in certain areas. So that's what we do. And we do it for a number of different clients in different sectors. So we're fairly sector agnostic. But by the nature, I think, of the, the kind of starting and scaling aspects, a lot of the clients are in the tech space. So you're, you're not just recruiting. Do you do recruiting as well? No. You, so you just build out a HR system? We, we do a form of, rec- of recruitment. So we partner with our clients when it comes to hiring people. So we will base talent associates mm-hmm. potentially in-house to help them scale that way. Um, so we tend to avoid the sort of, you know, pay a fee per hire type model, whereas we, we will support the client in looking at their talent attraction strategy, what they can do to make sure they've got the right, what we call like an EVP, the employee value proposition mm-hmm. is right for the market. And then we actually help them and support them in the hiring if they need but as I say, it's more like a, a partnership. Right. So I have uh, two daughters who are both in HR. Mm-hmm. Great. I hear some very amusing and some very <laughs> horrific stories from them um, about to do with the, the labour pool, to do with the talent they have working with them and the stupid things that stupid people stupidly do. Mm. Very amusing sometimes. What was it that got you into thinking that there is that you could do HR, that you could create the processes that solve some of these problems, that you could help these businesses by by providing HR-type services? What was the journey? Yeah, so I've had quite an eclectic kind of journey, I suppose. I actually started my working life as a marketeer, and I worked for 10 years in marketing and I then went to get a job in a specialist marketing recruitment agency and was talked into actually becoming a recruitment consultant at that company. And then that led me to have quite a long career within recruitment. So part of that is a business that I set up and ran for 10 years. And I think that's where my interest in the HR side really started to develop. Obviously, I had my own team to build there and to always motivate and cultivate I guess in some respects as well um, and build a culture at my own business and then as I started to work more closely with my clients I started to get more involved in some of the things that they were doing mm-hmm. um, which just na- naturally led me I think on to, to being a consultant and helping with firstly the talent attraction side and really building up I guess, the sort of trajectory of talent coming into the business and then looking at how they would grow and nurture that. And then that kind of spun out into a much more generalist kind of role. So I became a head of people, I guess, for the first time about seven years ago. And I've kind of dipped in and out of those roles over the last seven years and really got to do some amazing things. And as I say before, either setting stuff up from scratch or kind of nurturing and developing what's there and and what's needed. And, yeah, I I find it fascinating that, you know, if the right foundations are there for your people, then obviously that has a major impact on the success of the business. I'm going to ask you to polish up your crystal ball for a minute. (laughs) In the last few years, we've seen a trend towards remote working. pandemic caused that to rapidly accelerate. Now we've got 
economies are opening up again. Employers, some employers are wanting their people to come back full time. Some are saying we'll have a hybrid system. Some are saying you can work from home. Where do you think this is going to end up? Where, where do you think people are going to end up doing the majority of their work? Obviously, in the factory, that's going to stay the same. But there's a lot of non-factory, non a lot of work that doesn't require that face-to-face interaction all the time. So what do you see? What do you see coming? Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes there's been a lot of debate about this, hasn't there, over the last 12 months, and we can't easily forget those people that are, you know, the bus drivers or the supermarket people, right. you know, the doctors and nurses, the people that can't work from home, you know. It's like there is a, a vast majority of people that can or work remotely. I think I've tried to avoid the term work from home because, for me, it's a lot more flexible than that. But yeah, in, in, as an individual, I've been super excited for a very long time now about being able to be like that sort of, I guess, an older digital nomad and be able to literally work from anywhere. And that's been something I've been aspiring to for, for as I say, for a number of years. And like you say, um, you know, the pandemic really catapulted that. And it's interesting how it will spin out. I think the company that I'm work for at the moment is an interim sort of head of HR two or three days a week we've just put in a policy there they've gone from a culture that was really office based to actually saying do you know what we're going to give you the freedom to choose and for me I think that that's where the smart companies will go that they will allow people to have more choice and rather than this hybrid which to me just I don't know how how well the hybrid will work you know, I think naturally people might want to just go to the office a couple of days a week, but being dictated to whether you're, you know, you're in two days or three days or four or five, I, I think it makes no difference. And I think if you're allowed to have that choice, then you will find what's right for you. You know, some people desperately want to be back in the office because they like the routine, they like the collaboration, they like being face to face. And others, you know, I can tell you never really want to go back to the office again. So if, if you have a really forward-thinking business which will allow that to operate in some way, then I think that they'll be the ones that are most successful. It also naturally opens up a talent pool. If you are fully remote, you know, your talent pool suddenly becomes much wider. And it's, it's a difficult one because you've got to try and build a culture with the remote workforce that's tough it's a lot tougher than building a culture around a physical space but it can be done and I think it's just the way you go about it so yeah my crystal ball says those that are flexible and open will be the most successful interesting so that opens up uh, another thought I'm, I'm a business geek I I know that in the last 40 years, um, performance measurements have been often based on how much overtime somebody does, how many hours do they work. Now that we have a lot of remote work, that is not easily trackable. So employers are having to think in terms of output rather than hours. Are you seeing in the in the workspace, in the in the client space, are you seeing them tackling how they measure performance now in a, in a remote environment? Hmm. Yeah, so it's definitely something that is coming up more and more. 
Um, and I, I think, like you say, in the past, a lot has been kind of measured around presenteeism. But just because you were physically sat at your desk, does that mean that you weren't sort of surfing the net, maybe doing a bit of online shopping? Mm-hmm. You know, I think this, the, the ability to measure someone on, on their output and, and contribution is far more powerful. And we are working really closely with clients on getting them to set really clear objectives to make sure they have those really regular like check-ins. I think sometimes as well it's gone the other way, that people are actually working more hours rather than less. And it's actually about bringing them back and saying, you know, make sure you don't burn out. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that's equally as much a problem as saying, you know, are we as productive? It's actually people are finding the workforces are burning out and not taking enough breaks. I mean, last year it was really clear that people were saying, do you know what, it's not worth me going on holiday because I can't go anywhere. Yeah, that's... that's. So they were just, you know, weren't taking time, time out, yeah. And so now that things are opening up again, I was reading the other day that some employees are starting to discover that their employees are now all wanting to take leave and all wanting to go away, so they're, they're... they're having staff shortages and it becomes quite a nightmare yeah. managing that. So what advice would you give to a brand new startup? How soon should they start talking to folks like yourself and getting their HR processes in place? So we would definitely say if you are a brand new kind of startup within the first three or four months, I, I would definitely say start talking about culture, about the vision for what type of business you're building the kind of people that you want to come on board you know we all sort of tend to hire ourselves in those sort of first early days so is that the right thing sometimes it's great because the value system can be similar but uh, in another sort of view you might say well actually we need different people because we need different skill sets so I think just crystallizing what that that value vision is going to look like is really important and then of course as you start to bring on those first few employees you're going to need the basics like your HR kind of you know contracts of employment and offer letters and Mm -hmm. handbooks and things like that and I think it's important that obviously you've got all that compliance right from the start and then I think really by the time you get to nine or ten people it's then when you've got to start looking at the foundations of you know what does the career plan look like and you know, how are we tracking, like, our holidays and absences and, you know, how are we mm-hmm. managing and looking after our people? Um, because if you get that right early on, it, it doesn't, like, when you get to 50 or 60 people and then you start having to go in and put it all in, it's almost, it's usually falling over by the time they ask us to come in and have a look at it. Yeah, uh, I, I would agree with that. I've been around startups for many years and, they, they, nearly every startup I've been involved with has had the same two problems. The first one is they don't build out their uh, accounting and administrative teams in advance of their needs. And the second is they don't think about HR until it's too late. So I yeah. totally agree with you that the earlier they start thinking about that and planning for that, the better. Yeah. We like to keep these interviews short. Um, so... I'm going to ask you one last question, and that is, how can people connect with you and who would you really like to connect with? 
Yeah, thanks. Um, so LinkedIn, I guess, is probably one of the best places to find me. So I'm Nicola Kleinman, and oh, you can find me obviously through my LinkedIn profile, or our website is yourpeople.associates. And yeah, I, I guess the ideal person, I think, that may benefit from you know what, what we do and how we can help are those companies that are very pro their people that are looking to grow and scale that need to establish anything from the basics up to obviously best practice and what that looks like um yeah we, you know we really want to help people on their journey and help them to grow and get get everything right um so that you know they have an amazing culture very good. Thank you so much for your time, Nicola. We enjoy talking to people just like you who are doing fabulous things, especially uh, starting new businesses during the pandemic, starting to make Thanks. differences in other companies' lives. You're very much needed, so I appreciate that. No, and thank you. Thanks for your time today and uh, all the best. <laughs> This has been such a wonderful conversation today. It was surprising, it was intriguing, it was interesting, and this is just an example of the types of guests that we have on the Thought Leader podcast, and we would love you to subscribe so you get to hear the next issue. Or you can visit our, our website. Our website is thoughtpartnergroup.com, and at the top you'll see a little button that says take the assessment. In one minute you can take the assessment and get a response from us, we'll read everyone. All right. Take care, have a good life, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you.